In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are up to album 101, and from 1969, this is the eponymous Led Zeppelin. Listen, guys, we're into the hundreds, okay? We did it. We are we are moving on. We are just, if, if we were a person, we'd be getting on the news for being old. Do they still do that? Where they're like, hey, this person's old as shit. Let's put them on the news. And you look at the person, you're like, damn. They look better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) They probably didn't spend their nights doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's your secret to living long? I did a podcast with my three friends. They died 20 years ago. I'm still going. I'm only on album 350. All right. Listen, we don't have time for this. Let's get into. I never did anything fun on Friday nights. I spent every Friday night inside at my house by myself. (laughs) I'm not really by myself. I've seen my friends on a screen. Oh, do you want to see them in real life? No, not at all. Actually, we're thank you. We're very close to each other. We avoid each other at all costs. Listen, let's get into what I have labeled here as opening bit. Okay, it's still that. Okay, here we go. K Rob. Fuck the K Rob. K R O B. Listen, Russell will come over, but make sure there aren't any kids around. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, Russell said you should come over just as soon as you can. Thank you. Feel good. He heard a baby <laughs> cry, and out the front door he ran. Oh, oh. Lunchtime, dinner time, Russell doesn't care. If you have any kids <laughs> in your home, Russell won't be there. <laughs> The other day, and I said, Come see me. He was there a minute or two when he saw my progeny. He said that he nice. would come back, that he would be my friend. He said he'd be back after my kids' graduation. Lunchtime, <laughs> dinner time, Russell doesn't care. You have any kids in your home, Russell? When you want to oh, hear about the greatest yeah. albums it's of so all good. time, but you're just too the song seems kind of boring after listening to that intricate drum pattern in the last one. Yeah. You make it sound like I'm some sort of monster. No one wants to go hang out with other people's kids. I suppose if I made a song about how much Russell wants to hang out with your kids, that would be even worse. (laughs) Listen, this is Beck did it better. We are talking about Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. And here I've got three guys who were sure this podcast was going to go over like a Led Zeppelin. But instead, it's more like the Hindenburg lately. We're on fire. Yeah. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russell, how are you doing? Guys, I have to tell you, I fell in love with a girl, sweet as could be. But it only took a couple of dates and she was rid of me. She promised she'd never send food back and would love me till the end. But when I showed her that reverse hoodie position, Whoa. I lost another friend. Oh, no. 
I had totally forgotten about the sending food back conversation that we had. It's so good. Such a good bit. I, I forgot I've got about Matt, the reverse hoodie. I've got Matt. I've, oh, I think about the reverse hoodie every day uh, for about three for about three and a half minutes. Uh, Matt in North Dakota. Matt, how are you doing? Uh, good, Rob. Thanks for having me. As uh, you so keenly said a couple episodes ago, the only people dumber than us for actually doing this weekly every Friday night are the people who are listening. So right. thanks for listening, everybody. Happy you're here. Glad to be here. Let's rock and roll. Literally my sock response when people say I listen to the podcast is, oh no. Like that's what I say. <laughs> and I'm that, serious. Right? I mean it. You should not Don't be listening. Somebody, somebody told me, somebody told me this week, they, they were, they were mowing the lawn. They're mowing the lawn. And they just, they, they heard you say that. They said, oh my God, we're a bunch of dumb shits for doing this. The only people dumber than us for doing this podcast weekly are the people that are listening to this. He said he was like mid lawn. He just had to stop and shake his head and say, yeah, <laughs> Rob's me. right. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. As Emerson says, Rob's right. Rob's, so, yeah, well, that's, uh, Rob's right. Uh, listen, this, listen, the pigs come for the slop. That's the way it is. Out in uh, North Dakota, or out in California, I've got Aaron. And Aaron was telling us before the podcast what a big Joe Biden fan he is because they both ride the bike the same way. They both ride the bike the same way. Great way to the state bike. that, Rob. Makes perfect sense. Uh, I got Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? I thought been, Aaron was going to start reading too much off of a teleprompter today. I, <laughs> repeat the line. I've been dazed and confused for so long, I don't even know where I'm at. Let's talk about Led Zeppelin. Nice. All right, let's get right into today's voicemails. The freaks on the phone. But leave me alone. It's like one of our listeners, right? This is also <laughs> going to go into my rolling going. Okay, so don't step on it, please. All right. I would never. Hey, I'm currently up in my cabin in northern Minnesota, and I saw a few questionable things done by someone I thought would be perfect to discuss in the podcast. So this guy, a couple of cabins down from mine, is roughly 25, relatively funny, and he's built like a Greek god. Seriously, oh. he must be a power lifter or something. He shows up to our 4th of July parade in a red, white, and blue Speaking of reading a script. So my first question to you guys is, what are your thoughts on Speedos? Second thing about this guy is he starts wearing this tie-dye dress thing over his Speedo and walking around other people's yards to pick up their dog's crap. So my second question is, what recommendations do you have for home security? Just wanted to say, I don't know this person at all, so I'm a little scared to go talk to them about it, but it is pretty concerning. So just wanted to get your thoughts. Um, anyways, thanks. Bye. Now, I will say if you're a caller, you're actually smart. Okay, you're not dumb. You're actually one of the smart ones. So please, let's keep those calls coming in or maybe start the calls coming in over the last couple of weeks. Kind of over Are the you related fourth. to this person? Is that the reason that you're finally you're, you're switching tunes here? <laughs> Call them, no. Calling them smart for calling in? No. <laughs> They are not. Let me see what I wrote down on my script. Just like that caller. Yeah. No, they are not related to me. They are. Uh, mm, they are what? Read again. <laughs> Repeat quote. But yeah, here's the thing is that I do need to tell you that that caller is pointing out something that I have started this summer, guys. This is my summers of three S's. And you know what? Let's just get right into the rolling going right off the bat because oh, I, wow. I, I feel like we should just do it. Why, why not? Let's, let's not mess around. It's, it's, oh my god, it's, I forgot we gotta listen to this time thing to too. See what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. Roll so the collars over the fourth it kind of dried up. Maybe yeah. people think that we don't uh do this over the fourth of July holiday. Uh-uh. We are still going. We are stuck in our Sisyphean ordeal, as we have talked about before. I have them doing the summer of the three S's. Okay, this is the, the summer S's? of the three S's. The three S's are 
sandwiches, speedos, and charcuterie boards. Okay. <laughs> it's like, not one board, but multiple boards. Multiple boards. I'm, I'm trying to do as many charcuterie boards as I can, but I have decided I have switched totally to speedos. I am going only speedos for the summer. That is it. Uh, I, I am switching now. I am a big guy, but I am going totally speedos, which has caused me to buy a caftan cover up as well. Okay. My father <laughs> refers to it as a muumuu that is tie dyed. So I will also be walking around in that. And I am telling you guys, take my hand, get a ticket. Do you want to come on board the speedo train with me? And actually, I don't like it when I say it like that, <laughs> unless you want to. The interesting thing is I could see people being like a kind of a, a show person. You, you want someone's attention. If you were out at maybe Rob's on a cruise and he's out at the pool and he's going to wear his Speedo because yep. he wants all the attention of the other people. But if you're at a family cabin and you want yep. the attention of like your your family members to see you in a Speedo, yeah. I think there you may need to look in the mirror on that one. Any attention is good attention, right? When I'm taking my five-year-old nephew tubing and I'm wearing a Speedo driving the boat, okay, he understands the, what I'm saying about body image and being comfortable with yourself. Uh, and also how to make yeah. your mom mad at you, very, very mad at you and disappointed and shaking her head every time she sees you. So what do you guys think? Are, would there be a chance you would just go Speedos for a bit? Uh, me? No. But I just, I have to say, I have to say, there is a very famous picture. We're up at Sarah's family's cabin now. Um, there's a very famous picture from about 25 years ago of Uncle Rick. And Uncle Rick is in a Speedo, and he looks good. He's tan as can be. Mm, bummer. You know, he's laying out. He's right next to about 13 or 14 of all the cousins, right? Rick does not look like that anymore, but Rick <laughs> is still Speedo Rick. And for the rest of your life, Rob, you will be known as Speedo Rob. Perfect. And they will continually talk about that. And there's somebody's going to have pictures and I hope somebody sends it to at least one of the three of us so that we can keep it and bring it out. Maybe on like the 500th episode in like 10 or 15 years yeah. from now, whenever we get done with this thing. But you will forever be known as Speedo Rob in your family. And people will, will keep those pictures really close to the vest for the rest of time. So I'm, I'm telling you, it feels good. It feels like I'm not wearing anything at all. Have you ever driven a boat naked? This Do is as close no as you issues? get. You have no problems with chafage, and then what about no. sunscreen application? Like, how, you, like you're fine. Just thighs rubbing together is no problem. Extra, I put on extra down there <laughs> for a long time in my room by myself. This, this is also about coming from the minutes. guy. If I need to remind us, that also does like an annual skinny dipping thing with his family too. Night right, swimming. We true. call it night swimming. Uh, night swimming. Yeah, we call night it night swimming. swimming. They do it at night breakfast, swimming. but it's Great called song. night swimming. All right, everybody, go back for your 9 a.m. night swim. Rob, one question I had, Rob, is like, so when you make a speedo move, the first time you do it is a big step. That's a big yes. jump where you got to probably stand in the mirror for a little bit. You got to look at every angle. You got to think when no. I make a move like this, I can't just take it back immediately. It, it's out there. So well, how did you feel about the first time you made the speedo move? I'll tell you what. I showed up. Kids wanted to go in the lake, went upstairs. And I do have a couple of box cut like speedos with just a little tiny leg. I have two of those skin tight. And I said, no, nope, we're going full on Speedo. So I purchased a Speedo in New York. I went to a store, tried them on, purchased Wait, a Speedo. Oh, oh, no. Hang on. Oh, you can, uh, you, you did not know. try it on. Let's Wait get into my rolling going because I want to talk to you about this store where I tried on a Speedo. Is this the same store where you ate charcuterie boards at? <laughs> I bet you could, actually. <laughs> The only thing I was going to say is that I have started, I've gone from seven inch to five inch shorts this oh, summer. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Once I could finally find ones that had uh, side pockets, 
There's a lot of five-inch shorts that don't have side pockets. As soon as I found some that have side pockets, Dick's Sporting Goods got a great brand there. Um, That's the nickname of me know, and my I, Speedo, actually. <laughs> Except it's Dick Sporting Bad. They don't. <laughs> so I was going to say, the only thing I could think of, like, it, it, is, it is nice to have some thigh hanging out there, right? Yeah, Especially when you're just out doing nothing. And so I was going to say, maybe if we had something that at least covered the butt cheeks, that'd be good. And you kind of, you were going there, but you've just gone full on butt cheeks hanging out, just Speedo. So I don't know. I couldn't go that far, but maybe, maybe for enough beers box cut i should say the box cut by the way is great if you want an intermediate step the box cut it looks good it feels good love it i listened mm-hmm. to a podcast where these two big guys were talking about wearing speedos and how much they love it and one of the guys lived in new york city and so i said okay this is the summer of the speedos i'm gonna make it happen and so i tweeted him and i said listen i want to go buy a speedo in person where should i go <laughs> and he said you need to go to the gay stores in chelsea and i was like what <laughs> yeah what's what is that so i literally <laughs> typed in the gay stores chelsea and it turns out there is a whole shopping, like clothing store just for gay men. That's it. That's, that's, that's what it's for. Well, yeah. So Makes I sense. was fired up because I know that this is going to be great. I have never gone to a place that's mostly for gay men and not had a great time. You know what? You want to go to a place where the, where there's only male bathrooms and the bartenders don't have a shirt on. Yes. That's for you. This is, a, this is great. Do you want to yep, go to a yep. bar where people constantly tell you how good you look? Yes, this is for you. I went to, uh, I think it was called Chelsea, oh, Chelsea Unlimited or something like that. I'll put it in the show notes maybe, or maybe I won't. But it was this tiny little store and I went in and it's me and the, and the two guys running it. And then there's a couple there and there's, uh, and I said, I'm looking for a Speedo. And the guy goes, great. He goes, what size? And I was like, girl, come on. It's for me. I said like, I don't like big to really big. My size. <laughs> Big, big, big in the hips, small in the front. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Custom made. You used to be like really big in the balls, and then just yeah. like like like, oh, like a wide thumb when you get toward the front. And yeah, like, he's like, no, sir, you put those on backwards. It needs to. <laughs> it's all saggy in the back, and I'm like, no, that was me actually. Too many charcuterie boards. Uh, listen. We'll, we'll take you over to the the extra girthy section, and <laughs> should take care of it. Can you imagine if you had to go shop there? It's like that comedian who said there should be a big dick tax because, like, who wouldn't want to pay it? Everybody's like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's true. Put it on my front door. I'll, I'll pay it. Um, hey, I would be paying my fair share for sure. And I would be collecting from the government. I'd be like, yes. yes. I'd be showing up. I'd be like, check this out. A refund is big. So here's the deal is, is that I went in and I said I need a Speedo my size. And they came out and I they had eight different Speedos. That were my size. And when I say Speedos, that's the brand name, you know, like Kleenex or Q-tip. What I'm really saying is brief swimsuits. Now, a lot of them were what we would call bikini cut. High. And I would say they had a pouch effect. Okay. In that my dick and balls were in a pouch. Okay. (laughs) A banana hammock. Don't they call that a banana hammock in the business? It was definitely like a... I would call call it a plantain hammock. You're in like in front of a mirror (laughs) trying them on. Uh, No. There is no mirror. No. No. Okay. So, so I, so I went in, I went in and so I was like, yeah, he goes, Oh, here, try these on. And I was like, Oh God, we're really going to do this. Like, so I'm so in there. You take your, like you put your actual uh, you nuts in the you, thing yeah. and then you take them off and they put them back in the pile. First oh, I put them, no guys, first I put it on my head and I run out and say, what is going on? I can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, of course that's what I do. I keep, I do keep my boxers on. So I'm trying them and I realize. I should be here as a couple. I'm making a huge mistake by myself. This is a disaster because the couple next to me, they're trying on jock straps. And this store has dozens of different jock straps that they can try out. Now, I was curious about this and I looked it up later. 
jock straps in the gay community, it's a huge fashion accessory, right? Because and and like a lot of gay clubs the, apparently in bulge. New York would have like jock strap night and they would have times where you just show up in your jock strap. And I looked up why and they're like, why not? Big bulge in the front, <laughs> lifts up your butt in the back. I was like, feels good. I was like, yeah, maybe I should go jock strap. Don't think I'm gonna go jock strap. Don't think I can pull that off. It seems like cultural appropriation. So what type, so what, what type did you pick out? So uh, Russell, you're getting way ahead of yourself here. So I'm in there, I'm in the changing room and I'm putting on these different speedos. Right. And I'm feeling bad because some of them, you know how the fabric, when you pull just a little too much, you can feel that little rip. Like it's not ripping the speedo, but it's ripping some vital part of the elastic of the fabric. Mm -hmm. I'm doing that, but they're all too pouchy. They're too pouchy. They're too pouchy. The problem is the guy next to me is trying on jock straps. He doesn't like any of the jock straps and he's coming out and showing his partner and everybody works there, the jock strap. And I'm like, I'm stuck in here. I'm not showing anybody. But the thing is, the dressing room was a curtain between. So he's trying on jock straps, bending over. I'm trying on Speedos bending over. And every once in a while, we had what we call a moon landing, where our two butts would touch through the curtain. <laughs> and we'd have to apologize to each other. We'd say, oh, I'm sorry. I'd say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh. But you could tell it was somebody's butt touching your butt as you were trying on the Speedo. Was it clear he was only wearing a jock strap? Like, could you tell it was like just... <laughs> Almost skin on skin or not? <laughs> These are peeled grapes or a witch's eyes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, you can no. feel through it. You're like, you're not wearing, you're wearing a jock strap under there. No, I couldn't tell what he was wearing. But I assumed he was because he hated all the jock straps. Which, by the way, I didn't even know you could go in and try on jock straps. That seems like something you shouldn't be able to try on. Are jock straps still made of that awful? Like, remember they, they had that weird, like hard, no. it was like ribbed cotton, but it felt like it was made of barbed wire. Like, are they still made of that material? I don't think so. You should. See, there's. He was trying on jock straps that had shoulder straps. It overalls. They went over what? your shoulders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so like, like hip, a, hips are exposed, right? Like, there's nothing. But it just, like yeah. Borat, yeah. right? Like Borat had that. Yeah, right? it's like one so, of yeah. L. McPherson's old Sports Illustrated covers, or like a Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wrestling I mean, outfit. Guys, <laughs> we should have a jockstrap episode where we all get fun jockstraps and wear them during the episode and just see how right. we feel. Yeah. Rob, yeah, you get yours. Yeah. Yep. Get yours. Send us a picture, and then we'll all go get ours. Okay? Yeah, yep. Yeah, go for it. Could this be the summer of four S's? Jockstraps. Hmm. Seems like straps. it could be five S's. There's two S's in jock straps. So then I end up buying a pair that fits great. And it's actually kind of more of a brief cut where it's a, a, a longer waist and kind of a more like old man speedo. But on the back, guess what's on the back? It's kind of brownish and yellow. I'll show I'll send you guys a picture. But on the back, does it have a tramp stamp? Brownish. I was convinced this was going to be like an American flag, like a 4th of July, a novelty one. No. Nope. And if it were a novelty one, I wasn't going to give you credit for it. Now, I will say I already own this. American flag yeah. novelty one. <laughs> as we, as we all know, because but we bring that beach towel everywhere we go. That one is pouchy. And the real problem is, though, in the back, it covers up about, I would say, 80% of my butt, which is not enough. It turns out not <laughs> enough when I'm hanging out at the family cabin. 20% of your butt is actually quite a bit. And, and it's the top that doesn't get covered. So it's bad. Um, but I ended up getting one. And on the back of these Speedos and on the front, actually, there's a giant bear paw, like a print. And so I sent it to my friend Suzanne and she said, oh, you know what that bear paw is for? And I realized that the Speedo is indicating that I myself You're a bear. am a bear, which makes right. sense. They're selling like two X Speedos for bears, yep. big hairy gay guys. I was like, this is great. So I'm recommending everyone out there have an S summer, get a Speedo, try it out. I understand if you don't want to do it in front of your family, but I'm telling you guys, when I'm swimming around, I feel like a seal. I know how a seal feels now. I'm swimming, I'm swooping, I'm going no more shorts. I, I feel great. My kids, uh, my kids, 
haven't been outside very much. They mostly stay inside on the iPad watching anime, but I don't think that's related. <laughs> I'm on board with the charcuterie board. Kids love charcuterie boards, but do you make this? Do you what? put the do you put the board together? What? Yeah, kids love to like put their own stuff. You, you put on a board of stuff. Give it's them true. choice. They like to make little sandwiches with their crackers. It's great for kids. My kids love having a baguette in the morning. It's their favorite thing. Baguette. We put out different jams, spicy jams. Right. They just get a it's kick out choice. of it. So do you prepare the charcuterie board in your Speedo or do you put on, you put that's when you put on the caftan. That's when I put the on the, the, the caftan as well. Yeah. And I have found a site where there's matching caftans and Speedos. So if we all want to do maybe like a thing. Oh, and I also have a site where we can make custom Speedos. So guess what we're getting for the holidays. Ew. I'll give you a hint. Send me your, send me your girth size, please, Russell. Measure it up. Send it to me because you are getting a custom made Beck did a better yeah. Speedo. I would rather pay $5,000 to order like hundreds of Speedos to try them on in my, the, the safety of my own home and then just throw away all the other oh. ones than ever go try out a Speedo in, in public. I would be horrified. So I didn't show the guy the Speedo. I just knew it fit, put it on, didn't want to come out, thought it was kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what I thought, but I had my boxers on. So it looked you didn't weird. want to be a, you didn't want to be a tease, right, Rob? You didn't but want when to be I like, look at all this, but actually, I'm sorry, I'm not gay. You I'll tell you what, if, what if the couple was both in there like, I pity the fool. And then they'd be teased. They'd be Mr. T's. Two Mr. T's together. What I a tease. I thought that wasn't going to kick in for 45 minutes. So here's the thing. We're at 23 here's minutes. Here's the thing. No, happened. no, no, no. Here's the thing. I walk out with my, with my Speedo. I'm like, I'm ready to purchase this. The guy says, do you want to buy a tank top? And I was like, damn, yes. you know I want to buy a tank top. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. So he hands me a tank top. It's 40 bucks. The shirt doesn't even have sleeves. I'm paying 40 bucks. I've never paid 40 bucks for a shirt in my life. But you got to pay it at that point, right? Like you can't be, you can't get stingy at that point. You got to do it, right? So I go and I try on the tank top and I got to say, it looks pretty good. Like it's a good looking tank top. I come out and the guy goes, oh my God, your shoulders look so big. And I was like, God (laughs) damn, I'm buying this tank top. This is the greatest shop. I might only shop there from now on. He was like, your shoulders look so good. I was like, yes, this is what I'm talking about. This is, I don't get this respect at other stores. So highly recommend search gay shop or something and go shopping there. It is a blast. It is super fun. So uh, rolling going, Rosie, how's it going with you? Oh, it's going great. I also went shopping today, um, but it was at the bakery, so different kind of shopping. Although uh, I will just tag on buns. Yeah, uh, hey, <laughs> I just have to tag on briefly to Rob's rolling going, which is that um, as we may have mentioned on this podcast, we all received Beck did it better beach towels with a beautiful photo of Rob in his uh, All American Speedo for Christmas two years ago, and. This speedo, this this beach towel is now a very important part of our life to the point where uh, if we're going to the beach or anywhere where there's water, my son will say, well, we have to bring Uncle Rob along. And he's also <laughs> we are we're hopefully moving in a week. And it's one of the things he's identified. He's like he's concerned about moving. He doesn't want to lose move. it. Huh? Yep. And he's like, when we move, we have to bring Uncle Rob. So he's like, it's part of the lore in our family now. Now, is um, it true, today, though, that you don't let him sit on the towel at the beach? You're like, oh, no, you can't actually sit on the towel. I don't you feel can't comfortable sit on the towel. doing that. No, you got to because you got to like let it be. You got to let it. Because when you, know, you, you look over sure and your kid is sitting towel. on me in a Speedo, you're like, I, this, no, I don't like this at all. And the tide is so far out. I can't even see the ocean. It's slow tide. So there I go. Uh, but today is Friday. Uh, and so it's, it's one of our last uh, maybe three Fridays driving up to Berkeley to pick my son up from preschool. And so on Fridays, he gets to choose takeout options. Nice. Um, so we do the, the he's been on the pizza kick. So we did pizza. Um, and then his other big thing is on Fridays, he likes to go to the bakery. So our Friday tradition is to stop at the bakery. He picks out a cookie. 
Um, I usually grab a couple of pasties for lunch on Saturday. And I also, I went in there and there was a song playing in the bakery and it was, is this it by the strokes? And that one immediately, like I hear that song, it takes me immediately to a place in time in Minneapolis, 99, 2000, when the strokes were all the rage. That's all anybody was talking about. They played this famous show at the entry that I didn't get to go to. I remember buying the CD, driving around in my truck. That song took me back to a place in time immediately. So I'm, I'm wondering, like, what's a, what's a song for you guys that, like, when you hear it, it, like, it transports you right away. Like, this one for me, I, I walked into this bakery, and of course I was like, oh man, the strokes, like, so great. I've so stoked on this. And the guy was like, oh yeah. I was like, I remember when this came out, and the guy was like, oh yeah, back in 2000. This kid couldn't be more than like 18. And I was just like, thanks, thanks, dude, who wasn't even alive when this was born. Yeah. Appreciate you. But that for me, that was a highlight for me today, was, was walking into the bakery. And the strokes is this, it was playing. And I was immediately yeah. transported to another place. The guy's talking to his friend. He's like, listen, I got this. Uh, this guy came in today. He's carrying a full pizza. He walks into the bakery, <laughs> orders three cookies, two pasties. <laughs> comments on the song and then leave. It's the perfect middle-aged man scenario. That's it. Growing up, played baseball. And there's always these, these guys who are older, right? And they're, there's some really good baseball players. And they'd always like bring along these younger guys to come like shag when they were taking batting practice, right? So you you sit on the outfield, you collect all the balls when we're hitting them out there. We'll let you hit a little bit with us afterwards, right? Well, these guys were maybe six, seven, five, six, seven years older than us, right? And so they'd come pick us up, me and my brother and a couple of other one of us. And all of a sudden, one time these guys had uh, two day by the Smashing oh, Pumpkins. Right. So this guy turns on today by the Smashing Pumpkins and we're rolling around in some crappy ass Car, and I think I'm the coolest kid in the world, you know, like that kid in uh, Days to Confuse. Yes, you know that movie. All he gets picked up, and all, all of a sudden you're the coolest kid in the world. Yep. And this song comes on, I'm like, what the hell is this song? Because all I've ever heard, you know, before this is like Garth Brooks and uh, you know Huey Lewis in the news or something like that. And so what a hearing that, wow, right, stuck so in hearing the, that stuck song the takes me right back, right back to you know all of a sudden you're hanging out with all the cool older kids so that that's the one that instantly comes to my mind i love that one you had probably also heard hootie when he was just doing regular 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 <laughs> yeah. position regular. before Front he reversed it right yeah. when he was with the blowfish before he did <laughs> that's so great too because you were really like you heard those li- that line and you were really thinking like this is the greatest day i've ever known like you got in there and yep. you heard that and it really was your greatest day that's amazing yeah, yep, good stuff. For me, it's uh, uh, Mother by Danzig. When I was in college, I uh, tried to do a big power clean to that song. And I totally biffed it. I totally failed it, totally. And since then, I've tried... Oh, yeah, since then, I've tried maxing out to that song a number of times. Mother! And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah Mother makes me so mad, which probably I need to look into. I probably should talk about that. So, yeah, so your mom's yeah. still keeping you down, right? Yeah, no, no, things are great. Go back to the... Uh, Go back to the uh, Greatest Hits episode where I asked her, did you ever think I'd get married? And she's like, what the fuck? What's your problem? So things are fine. Don't worry about me. Um, but ever since then, anytime that song comes on, I and I've tried to put it on for other Max Out and I failed everyone. So that song is like, every time I hear it, I'm like, I think about my failures as a power lifter, as a lifter in general. And it's bizarre because I love that song. I think it rocks, but it has it a very rock. it definitely rocks. negative connotation to me. The song, I don't hear it very often anymore because I don't listen to hard rock radio or whatever it would be on anymore. But remember the song Machine Head by Bush? Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
from was it was it Sixteen Stone? Yeah, that was the album. Stone, I remember Great that. Album. I remember I, I used to when I turned sixteen and finally was driving and everything. I remember I would always listen to Bush and I would always crank up Machine Head and yeah, just think I was I was I was like I'm the man. I'm cranking Machine Head. I'm driving around in my car. You guys will like this. I, the first car I ever had it was a Thunderbird and it had it had a wow. car phone. In it. I had a oh. <laughs> Wait, was that the white one or did you have one before that? I think I had one before that. Are you black me? one that I had a black one that I totaled that had a, that had a car phone in it. You had multiple Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, they were like used cars, but it had it was an awesome car, it and it had like phone. a legit not like where it's in the console right yes. next to you. Like the, oh, you pick up so the phone great. and there's a cord. Yes. Oh my, oh my God. God. Who would Russell be calling? Who would Russell be calling in high school and then get in an accident as he calls? Well, <laughs> did you hear that Green Day is actually from our school? That's why it's called it. Oh God. <laughs> so I got two more only because our listeners will, a few of our listeners will, will know this one. So we talked about a couple episodes ago, Travis Tritt. It's a great day to be alive. Yep. Every time that one comes on, I think of Joe from Woodbury is blasting it in the baseball locker room of college. And then the other one from college um, I, every time the Green Day song uh, Hope You Had the Time of Your Life comes on I instantly turn it off Because all those clowns at the hockey house At the end of the night Whenever the keg was cashed they All all the hockey guys would sing that one together yep. And I was just like, good God What a, <laughs> oh, what see, a depressing I, way to end a night I Singing I Hope that, You Had the Time and, and you guys should remember this At least a couple of you I think the first bachelor party I ever went to we did a we did a bus a party bus. It yeah. might have been the White Tiger. Arr, yeah, oh, no. White Tiger. <laughs> I, d- I don't have a total recollection of that. Believe it or not, and, and I don't remember what happened with Rob on the White Tiger. I don't. There, I've been to a few Rob. bachelor parties with Rob, and they all kind of meld together. <laughs> but we were definitely on the White Tiger party bus, and at the very end of the night, when we were trying to convince the party bus to take us to the Deja Vu strip club, even yep. though it had been closed for like three hours. <laughs> the last song that was playing on the speakers was that Green Day song. So that I always go back to the White Tiger at Pete You've got H's a good memory of it. That's good. That's wow. a great memory. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine, memory. can you imagine the bus driver were like, take us to the strip club? And he's like, guys, I can tell you right now, it's been closed for three hours. We're like, maybe not. Maybe it's not. <laughs> He's like, guys, why don't I drop you off at somebody's house? And then their parents are going to actually not let you sleep inside. And you're all going to sleep <laughs> under a coat or something. And then I'll go I'm home and Rosie's speed small away truck. as fast as I can from you guys. <laughs> yeah. I might need to clarify. We tried to go to the one at Invergrove. That might be the King of Diamonds. I think it was KOD. Yeah. It was the KOD. We, we, we were convinced it was still open. And the bus driver was just didn't agree, but he, it, he let us try. Yeah. And anybody who's ever hung around a bunch of drunk people. Uh. When they're sober, knows exactly how that conversation with that guy. How quick that guy dropped us off yeah. at the first address that somebody gave him. Yeah, and then luckily, yeah, luckily there's some lawn to sleep on. It's weird that the party bus guy didn't want to hang out with us. <laughs> can you yeah. can you imagine that job? You're just the party bus driver. Like you'd be like, maybe you'd start and be like, "This is gonna rock. I'm gonna see so many parties." And after the first night, you'd be like. Why is it always the fattest guy who takes his clothes off and runs around the bus? It doesn't make any sense. Rob, I'm starting to realize maybe where this nudity in the Speedo came in because there was some nudity from you at that bachelor party. Yes, if I was. remember right, we had a keg and we were out on the de- on the, the deck of the house, right? Yeah. And some people were doing keg stands. They were doing beer bongs, that type of thing. And Rob was like, I'm doing a keg stand. But as we found out last week, you don't drink beer, do you, Hate Rob? It. Can't stand it. It actually makes me sick. So Rob does a keg stand. We get a few of them holding him up, and he pukes over the side of the of the deck oh. immediately. 
Yeah. And Rob turns around. And he's like, I'm not going out like that. I'm doing it again. And he marches back over <laughs> like he's getting under like a 700 pound squat and like gets pumped up, goes up again, down, pukes a second time. Yeah. So then he's like marches back. He literally goes up for a third keg stand and pukes a third time. And at that point just gives up and we had to hose him down in the backyard. So yeah, I remember that. That's a story I tell my kids to inspire them to never give up. Okay. And also the guys, I think the guys holding me up for the kick say, we're like, we literally can't hold you up anymore. So there's there's a a huge problem. I like how we always say we're not big strip club guys. And we're like, was that King of Diamonds? No, that was the time we went to Augie's. What was I guess we only like the small, oh, cheap strip clubs. Uh, Somebody's still missing a sweatshirt at Augie's. It is amazing, though, isn't it? How much music just sticks with you, like listening to yes. stuff. And like it, it, you just have these moments of your life where you're like, yeah, this is the song. And to think that somebody's moment of their life now is going to be like, like you guys, you'll never, it, you will never, ever for the rest of your life hear this. And not think of this podcast, right? I mean, no, you're right. You've done it. And with Avatar 2 coming out soon, you know this song is going to become a hit again. Okay, we're ahead of the curve. <laughs> By the way, we should all dress up like avatars and kiss each other. Uh, Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. I'm up at the cabin, uh, up in North Dakota. It's just a different world up here. Um, I think my kids, I think. I feel like we haven't sheltered them in Minneapolis, but compared to North Dakota life, we've absolutely, they live a completely sheltered yep. life. Um, the amount of, well, we've talked, we've talked about the drinking up here, which is, you know, it's fun, but kind of sad, but fun, but kind of sad, <laughs> yeah. you know, all the same time. One of those kind of things, right? We're on a line, right? But the more people drink, the more Effenheimers and, you know, shit and fuck and bitch and tits yep. and and everything comes out. Oh right? no! And so, oh. so it's all. I mean, Did we're, we're even we're having scenery? like family dinner. Yeah, That's right? just man's we're wife. Like family dinner. Yeah, and we're going. We're having we're having family dinner, and it's like, well, what the fuck are these people doing out here? You know, and all this stuff, and like, well, this shit's great. You know, and all this stuff. And, and my kids, like Leo, knows exactly. He's the ten year old. He knows exactly what's going on, right? But Eddie, I, I, I swear, he hasn't. He hasn't asked about any of this stuff, right? right. He hasn't asked about. What the heck's going on? What yeah. is the swear word? And he's seven, and I think he should know what's going on. So we're watching. It's it's a, a little bit of a pivot here, so stay with me. You, so you know it's bad following. when your kid looks over and he's got a can. He's like, look, Dad, I'm like you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit. You're like, okay, it might be yeah. time to go back to and the so, I also noticed that Leo hadn't shaved for a week like his dad had, like Chris <laughs> hasn't either. Yeah. <laughs> a couple weeks. That's a couple weeks. It's uh, my annual tradition of scaring Sarah with when I cut in a mustache and she just oh, yes. runs for the hills. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, so we're watching. It's a rainy day. We need to find a movie. There's a whole bunch of movies up here. We decided to pick Marley and Me as a movie. Oh, okay. okay. Great topic. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. That is the funniest oh, movie I've ever seen in my life. Right. Oh, and so no. It's PG, right? And so my kids are on the, on the, on the train where it's PG or PG-13. And, oh, we're watching a P- Can we watch PG-13? Nope. You know, can we watch PG? Sure. Okay, so PG movie. A couple things happen. One, there's like a, a lot of making out at one scene where it's like maybe not so much. But then the second scene is that this guy... He's like, uh, the dog jumps up on him or something. And he goes like, holy shit or something like that. All right. And so Leo goes, oh, he said a swear word. <laughs> right. And so, so Eddie just stands up and he's like, what, what? 
what does that word mean? I don't know. I hear everybody saying that word shit all over the place. What does that word mean? I have no idea what it means. And so he's heard all these people for like three weeks yelling shit all over the place. He has no idea what that it's a swear word or what it means. But Marley and me has now informed him on what a swear word is. So that's my story. That That is a, what a bummer of a movie to watch. I mean, were wow, your kids naughty or they one. misbehaving? And you're like, okay, let's watch Marley know. and me. You little rat bastards. It's a kind of a feel yeah. good, you know. <laughs> I would actually say it's a very feel bad movie at the end. When the dog dies, it's a bummer. They did the dog dying marathon and watched old Yeller afterwards. Oh. And at the end, Eddie was like, oh, oh shit, that was rough. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Bass just in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Even now they watched the gray, and he was like, "That guy got eaten by a fucking wolf." <laughs> that bitch got fucked up. <laughs> you know I want to be like you, Dad. Dad, he's not drinking the bottles. He's taping it to his hands to fight a wolf. He's different than you. I'm gonna be just like you. <laughs> so good. I did a little search. That uh, was a PG. PG-13 movies that show bare breasts or full frontal nudity. So let's go through this list real quick, Matt, just in case you want to watch these with your family. PG or PG-13? Both. Okay. We got Doc Hollywood. We got European Vacation. We got Doc Hollywood. We got Titanic. We have the classic Airplane, okay, which is PG and shows full frontal nudity. That's really (laughs) Critters 2. Critters 2. Now, that could teach your kids about... Going to the bathroom. I know that's ghoulies where they come out of the toilet, right? That's not critters. What I, I think you're about? almost always guaranteed to get a little full frontal in some sort of sequel, like some sort of bad movie sequel, right? Like yes. they gotta they gotta pull that out, don't they? La Bamba. La Bamba, no, not La Bamba. That's different. That's the parody. Hey, wait, wait. That's the parody wait, I made in college, La Bamba. But La Bamba. Hey, Rob, Matt, can you be quiet? Did you realize Aaron's doing a Aaron's doing his his big bopper? I want to <laughs> Okay, let's hear it. Oh no! I Aaron, why don't you do the big? Aaron, why don't you do like baby. the big bopper watching hey, a, a dog die? Oh, a dog I was just on. trying to watch some pretty dog movies about some cute puppies, <laughs> and now they're all dead. I'm crying, crying into my Chantilly lace, baby. Why don't you bring them panties on over here and cheer me up? <laughs> is that, I don't know. Is that how that goes? That was fantastic. <laughs> what's what's the point? I'm gonna go to North Dakota and hang out with Matt's family. <laughs> So Matt, what are you? What do you do when you? What did you say when the kid says shit? What does shit mean? Like, do you just say like, oh, it's a bad word, and you're going to hear? Say it's a swear word, right? Yeah. Like, and you know, kind of try to take the high road that there's there's better words to use than swear words, and you know, when you're older, you'll understand a little bit more. But it's just a it's a a word that shouldn't be said, and adults say it, and they can they can do whatever they want, but just. We're not going to say those words. So there is a there is a thing about getting together with your family where you do have to explain to your kids like, well, so and so is they see the world a little bit different than we do, and yeah. this is and yeah. and they're going to say some things that we don't agree with. But you're not going to actually hear me disagree because I don't want to cause a big <laughs> thing at the family thing. Yeah. And the girls are like, oh, okay. I had I, I did I tell you I had to do that with my mom came up uh, a couple like a month ago when I came and opened up the cabin right and so again completely different world and not it's only 500 miles away but completely different world right and so i didn't warn her and it's my fault that you just have to say like oh yeah oh that's good that's interesting yeah. you know kind of a Do thing so somebody said some you know some scamdemic you know something about uh biden or something like that and of course my mom bit it was well you know i don't know you know and so and it just turned into this huge thing and like so now i have every time somebody comes up and i warn them like look you're gonna hear things mm-hmm 
You're not going to change their mind. Just move yeah. on to a different topic. And so that's what you have to is do. That a, is that a typical practice for you guys? If you're going to have friends in mixed company and maybe it's different political beliefs, different use of swear words, uh, different things where people you know are going to be kind of out of their element, do you always warn them or not? I try to. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you I, can. I, I, I mean, if you yeah. can give somebody a heads up, I feel like you should. Well, I think especially yeah. kids because kids think that you like, you know, you see something on TV or you maybe you see a guy jacking off on the subway or whatever. And you kind of, <laughs> kind of explain like why, why that's happening and what's going on. But, but when they see you hear something that is, you don't agree with philosophically and you don't say anything, they're like, well, why, mm-hmm. why aren't you like doing the right thing? And it's like, well, I actually want to not deal with this all for the rest of the week. And I found the greatest comeback, at least in my head. To me, I think it's the greatest comeback. They Let's don't really it. like it. But I always just say, you know, we get to these, they love their political talk up here. And oh, I fun. just say, so you know, weird. when, when, yeah, when I just, I can't, I can't remember the last time that the two electoral votes from North Dakota <laughs> swayed a presidential election. When was the last time you guys, you know, actually had a, a president come up and visit you guys and campaign oh, up here? And oh, oh no. they really like that. Oh, they I really like that when, when I throw that I one can't out. believe they don't come to North Dakota. They could see Mount Rushmore. I mean, you know, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> then they bring up a friend from Florida and you're like, oh shit. Uh, weekend at Bernie's too. Weekend at Bernie's too. So that's another one, Matt. If you want to put was that on the, the docket. Was it the dead Bernie guy? The or Bernie lean. Can you Bernie lean? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's get a girth measurement on Bernie. That is a great, a great movie concept is the weekend at Bernie's dragging the dead guy around oh. for the whole thing. They should do an old yeller too, where they drag the dead dog around oh, for a God. while. <laughs> what, we're not allowed to make dead dog jokes anymore? That what? was the name of my, um. Sex tape that I made was Weekend at Bernie's three. And I was like, no, 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 it's like it's going, it's alive. Don't worry. Look, it's driving a boat. You know, Russell, rolling, going. How's it going with you? It's parasailing. <laughs> rolling, going. Things are going good. A few weeks ago, I went to a, a cool event. The event was called Uncorked. Uncorked. Have you ever heard of such an event? Uncorked. I, this is usually what I do before dinner, but maybe you gotta. Why don't, why don't each of you Rosie calls a Tuesday? Why don't, <laughs> there you go. why don't all three of you each get one guess at what do you think uncorked is? I think that's where you see the film of me leaving the town of Cork in Ireland. And I was like, uncorked. oh, we're uncorked. Goodbye. Oh, see you. I like it. So a deep full from a smart guy. I think right. it's a wine tasting with comedy. Ooh, that's a good guess. Matt, what do you got? I think it's a, it's a thing where, you know, people who don't normally drink wine and they don't know how to take a cork out of a wine bottle, they actually teach them how to take the cork out of a wine bottle, That's which so good. actually happened to a That's Sarah and I in, at a social event one time. We'll talk about that later, though. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> so we went to Sarah's boss's house yeah. one time. This is like 10 years ago. We weren't wine drinkers at the time, right? Uh-huh. So, of course, oh, come on in. Okay. Well, there's beer over there. There's wine over there. There's, you know, over here. It's like, oh, we'll go get some wine. So we walk over, over to get here, wine. Yeah. yeah, we go to get wine. Well, the wine's not open yet so you know there's like a there's a cork or you know corkscrew sitting right there there's a wine bottle and neither sarah have i have ever taken the cork out of a bottle how old are you at this point i'd say well let's see probably a little early well somewhere in my late 20s somewhere in my late 20s let's say what look at russell's face great russell's picturing going on if russell went on a date with somebody and they couldn't open a wine bottle we would do a half hour bit on that (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and so of course it was one of those things like well you know we don't know anybody here let's just try this and it went horribly wrong oh no and we completely botched it and i think i eventually kind of like you know pushed it in oh no nope didn't, didn't Cut push it, up, it in let the cork fall but in. i think 
No, I think we like kind of broke the top off, you know, oh. trying to pull it and like yanking it mm-hmm. and then just re-put the corkscrew in again and somehow wiggle it out. But that's yeah, the name was, of my uh, second sex tape, actually. Yeah. So, wiggle yeah. it out. What? And cork, uh, whatever. <laughs> cork in. Well, Sticking it in. Yeah. <laughs> cork in the wine. <laughs> well, uncorked, the place I went actually had professional people uncorking it, Matt. So there was no awkward oh, wow. points, but Ooh, Aaron was pretty nice. close. It was actually a, a wine tasting at Canterbury Park where they oh. do the horse racing. Oh. So you're kind of in like a closed off in like the VIP area during all the horse races. And so you get to gamble on the horses and drink wine from all these different wine salesmen at once. Isn't that amazing? That sounds great. I would be in for that. I was looking for the revelry horns, but we don't have it. So this is the closest I got right here. I was going to ask you guys, though, what's your style when it comes to the horse track? Do you guys ever go to the track? Do you gamble on horses? Are you into exact as superfectas, win, 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 share, place, all that stuff or not? I have never. I love gambling and I win have never. Show. I have never been to a horse track ever, Russell. I don't know. Really? I, never, ever, ever. I went to Canterbury once with Russell. I'm pretty sure that's the only time I've been horse race, horse to the horse track it was with Russell at Canterbury. Matt? The the. Uh, used to go a lot, right? Not, not like a lot, a lot, but like, you know, three or four times a year. And there's a guy I used to work with who'd be out there. I think they, I think they're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or something like that. There's like nighttime. I, well, I sounds don't know like we're sponsored by Canterbury here. Yeah. And it's a the, great time this guy was, for the whole family. This guy was out there all the time, right? And he was a horse better. And he knew which horse was going to, you know, win because of how they like, pranced out to the paddock or whatever. Oh, or this wow. guy's holding his head, you know, all this stuff. Well, it was all bullshit. It's yeah. kind of like sports <laughs> gambling, right? Like, you know, well, those people like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody thinks they know what they're doing. They get lucky two or three times and all of a sudden they're an expert, right? Kind of a thing. And so I have no idea what's going on. I think it's hilarious to bet on like the longest shot and then actually win, which we did in Vegas one time, right? Like we, we all threw five bucks in on something that was a one to 30, whatever we want. So I think it's, it's more fun to do the random thing for that because I just have no idea what's going on. So that's my, when I go to the horse track, I just do the random, whatever this guy's jockey was from Chile. So, Oh, you know, it's kind of cold out. Let's go with the guy from Chile, you know, that, that kind of a, so it turns out, it turns out Russell's and I's rolling goings are connected because we're both talking about jockeys. So something to think about there. <laughs> there you go. Bookends, we call it. We call that a book. <laughs> That's what happened when we touched the butt of the guy, too. <laughs> so you're, bet, you're betting horse names. You're not betting best early speed no, or you're not no, doing anything no, like that. No. Well, nope. I, I know I know the general how to bet all that stuff and how to bet some of the exotic stuff, like the Superfect is where you bet all four horses in certain orders and everything. And mm-hmm. I actually hit a couple big bets. It was up a few hundred bucks, and I got... All of a sudden I was winning and I got super excited. And I, nice. and I went to this with this event with a, a horse racing friend, a, a Philly, a Philly kind of. Oh, no. I, went this, I went to this horse racing event. And the, the, the fun thing about doing a wine tasting with horse racing is it's in between horse races. It's usually Sounds about 30 like a disaster. minutes. Yeah. And so you can go try some wine for a little bit, you know, throw your bed in and then watch the race go you know, kind of, it keep, keeps you busy the whole time. But when I started winning, I was no longer interested in like going to try new wines. I just wanted to sit there with the book and do my handicapping. Very cool. Very, <laughs> very cool time to be with Russell. <laughs> so it, it was kind of like that wedding I went to a while back where I, I was kind of wondering, like, 
are you allowed to just ignore a date at a horse track while you're doing your gambling, or do you have to interact with them at the wine tasting? Times we're gonna answer the same question. You know, it's different. We have to start writing these down. The bottom line is, Russell, is if you get good enough and you get rich, you're not gonna have to pay attention to your date. She's gonna be paying attention to you, Russell. This you're gonna be a millionaire. This is a great idea. Yes. One thing I was going to ask you guys, I remember asking you guys some wine tasting etiquette a, a while back, a few a few months ago when I was making drunk dials that I shouldn't have been making, if you guys can remember back that far. Oh, but yes, I was there. An interesting thing about this wine tasting is it was scheduled to go from five to nine, Oof. five to nine. What time do you think they should be allowed to start picking their stuff up and taking booze off the tables if you've paid from five to nine? Nine, nine, nine yeah, nine fifteen, nine twenty-five. They were picking their stuff up and the wine off at 8.15, 45 oh, no. minutes oh, before no. No. the time. Isn't no. that bullshit? Were they out of product, though? I mean, no, like the- they just they just were lazy asses. <laughs> no, that, that's not right. I got to say, that is that is incredibly, incredibly Thumbs disappointing. Down. That would be so. So, Russell, how big of a scene did you make? Because now at this point, Russell is full of wine. He has now Full actually cash. lost two hundred dollars of that money that he won. No, I lost it later. It's something else I was going to tell you about. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> also, Beck did it better. Now owns part of a racehorse. Just let you guys know. <laughs> I, I I thought they were supposed to pay to sponsor us. I may have paid for us to talk about them. Russell, but. please tell us that you did not loan money to Jeb. As you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Public service announcement. <laughs> don't lend money to Jeff. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, guys, I've got to. You just wrecked my next rolling going. <laughs> so instead of lending, you did it again, you lend money to Jeb again. <laughs> so the wine tasting's getting done and they're closing up early. So I start bouncing around. I start trying everything out because you got to try everything, right? Yeah, of course. So afterwards, you're down the there point, and they the have a tasting. casino. They have like a blackjack tables. They've got machines and oh, stuff like that. Oh, no. oh God. Okay. So oh, no. afterwards, we got to let it ride. We got to let the winnings ride. So we go down and we start playing blackjack. It wasn't your money to begin with. So now the filly you're with, she's now what? How was the Phillies mood during this? Because I'm sure the Phillies actually sitting at the blackjack table playing blackjack with me and actually having a very fun time. It was it was good. Yeah, good. And so we're playing and the Philly was actually winning and I was losing. And and then, and then, well, we don't need to get into this further, but anyways, I, all of a sudden I, we were doing good and then we started losing. And I think the reason was, I don't think wine tasting is meant to be mixed with playing blackjack because I think there's an ideal blood alcohol content for playing blackjack, right? It's like three beers. Yeah. Yeah. And I was definitely or 10 over, milligrams, not 50, yeah. <laughs> not 40 milligrams, but I was definitely over the legal limit to be competent at blackjack. I can't believe a guy who's we have a theme song for him drinking has made a mistake at the blackjack table after a wine tasting. But isn't that what you have to do? I remember telling you guys this once before when I was up at a casino up north, I won and I left and then I was like. I got to go win more. Like if you win, you got to let it ride, right? You don't want to win a couple hundred bucks. You want to win big. (laughs) That's big. A hundred bucks is big. A hundred bucks is big. If the boat, if a hundred bucks flew out of the boat, I would jump off the boat without, (laughs) I would go get a hundred bucks. That's how much it's worth to me. That is big. So I will just say, if they ever do the uncorked again at the casino, go have fun. 
but just know they're going to cut you off early and then don't go play blackjack afterwards because you will lose all your money. Great advice. That's great advice. That's great advice. That is great advice. Russell, can you actually explain to me what a superfector is? I mean, it's, it's, it sounds like a superhero that's gotten out of Germany or something. I don't know. So there's, there's such a thing as an exacta where you pick the first two horses. Okay. You can do an exacta box, which is the first two horses in either order. Okay. You do a trifecta, which is the first three horses. Yeah. Or a trifecta box, which is the first three in any order. Superfecta, same thing, and now it's four. And so essentially, to hit a superfecta, you got to do pick the first four horses in the correct order. And you did that? I did it, but I bet like 15 $1 bets to do it. Yeah, but that still is baller, Russell. God dang, that's awesome. You got to leave after that. <laughs> Russell, you got to leave after that with your date. That is a high point. You look like a baller oh, after that. Rob, it was so baller. I didn't even care that the the person I was with was annoyed with me that I was focused on gambling and not, and not drinking wine. <laughs> I didn't even care. Well, sounds like things are going great. At Russell, <laughs> sounds like this podcast is soon going to have a new... In jolt of energy as Russell goes back like out on the dating scene. <laughs> that, that much winning is at least a penny pulled to the cider, if not a penny. <laughs> hey, it's a wine tasting. He can say that. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense to me. <sighs> it's like. <laughs> is this a music podcast? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, should we talk about it's like, music? I want so much money. <laughs> I want so much money. I want to see your super effective box. It's time for the show. Let's talk about the album. Oh, yeah. Oh, is this a music podcast? No, let's talk about some music. Listen, we're talking about Led Zeppelin. Okay. We have already done uh, Led Zeppelin 4, but now we are doing Led Zeppelin 1, which is just called Led Zeppelin. Uh, And so what you basically need to know about this album is kind of looking at Led Zeppelin and the history of Led Zeppelin. The Led Zeppelin is essentially the Yardbirds, right? Like they they are they have come into existence because of the Yardbirds. It's a band that had Jimmy Page, it had previously had Eric Clapton and Jeff Beck, and the Yardbirds broke up, but Jimmy Page was still part of the band and they were required to do a certain number of con- concerts. So Jimmy Page has to do these concerts. He asks uh John Paul Jones to join and they was recommended to him, hey, you should check out this guy, Robert Plant. He's in a different band. Go find him. And Plant says, hey, I've got a great uh, band member named John Bonham, this drummer. They bring him together. And all of a sudden, they get together and they realize that they just are smoking it. Like they are a super, they have become a super group with only one of them being in a real group beforehand. And what's interesting about this album is they actually recorded this album live in studio. So they experimented with moving the microphones to different distances. So you'll hear echo. Sometimes you'll hear. Um, Robert Plant's voice bleeds into different tracks. And it's all because they were playing all of these songs at the same time and then overdubbing later some of the guitars and stuff. But the, with the mics in different areas of the room, they would make the amplifiers sound like different things, which is pretty cool. Uh, and of course, the band is named because Paige Beck and Keith Moon uh, and John Entwistle, the bass player from The Who, wanted to make a super group. And they said, oh, it'll go over like a lead balloon. And then Entwistle said, a Led Zeppelin. Now remember, John Entwistle died in Las Vegas with a prostitute in his room, uh, high on cocaine. So let's keep that in mind when we're listening to how smart this guy is. He named Led Zeppelin was, and died I heard that it was way after an event called Uncorked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, guys, you know what it's like though when you hit a exacta and you have <laughs> cocaine and a stripper in your room. But then you want to go win big. It's like, what are you talking about? That is big. Then you, you haven't won yet. That's the biggest. Um, 
So then the problem is, so this album comes out and meanwhile, Rolling Stone magazine pans it. They hate the album. They say it's not nearly as good as Jeff Beck's album. It's not nearly good as Eric Clapton's album. And they actually compared them to all the old members of the Yardbirds. And, and basically they're comparing it to all those guys, which is insane when you listen to this album. I don't see, I mean, we, when you drop the needle on this album and you hear this, how do you not love it? I get there's some duds on this album. I get it's not as good as four. But listen to the drums, the bass, the voice. This song sums up this band perfectly right here. I mean, the song is complicated enough where they never actually played it live. I think they played it live once. But, God, it is an earworm. It just sticks in there. I'm with you, man. I just wish there was more of it on this album. Go ahead, Russ. Yes. Rob, can you turn the volume down a little on the music? I'm going big, big, Russell. I'm going real big. <laughs> it's John Bonham. <laughs> I was just saying, I wish I wish there was more of this on this album. There's other stuff that I could I could kind of take or leave, but oh. and isn't that the the drumming style is very unique, right? Bonham is is it the triplets? Haven't we talked about this before? Where you're hitting yeah. the bass drum a few times, and it's really clearly kind of standing out on that song, isn't it? I, I think a lot of these songs, they were like, hey, here's a 12 bars blues song that we can do a long solo on. And then some of the songs is what you're going to see Led Zeppelin in the future, where it is like this shuffle backbeat, complicated bass line, killer voice, you know, interesting guitar. Um, but and like I said, good times, bad times, it sums it up. And like Aaron said, it should be it sh- if every song was that this would be a top 10 album easily. No questions asked. Yeah. Next up, we have Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. This is exactly what it's about, too. He just keeps telling somebody yes. he's gonna leave her. Yeah. Well, kind of a bold song, right? Right. Yeah. Well, but at some point, aren't you like, shouldn't you just leave? I mean, when do you, like, when do you stop well, telling see, you're gonna go? It's a problem because he actually drove to Canterbury with his date. They're in the same car together. <laughs> and so he, he told can't her the quite whole get way. Home. The event you know? goes until nine. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, you, gotta, you gotta get your money's worth now, until nine. Is she o'clock. happy that? He raged that it closed up at 8.15? No. God the worst it. is when you take a date to Uncorked and you tell him, yeah, you also can't partake in the wine tasting because you're my designated driver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think songs like this are like, like to me, I have this I have this feeling that like, like Nickelback came from, you know, Pearl Jam's worst impulses. I feel like bands like Kansas came from Led Zeppelin's worst impulses. Like it's like someone listened to this guitar? album and... Yeah, and just kind of like, oh, let's make it real dramatic and kind of long yes. with these flourishes. And maybe Kansas is the wrong example, but you know, all these all these classic rock albums launched something, and you can point to one band that took the right message from these albums and another one that took the wrong one. And I think this song, you know, is the one where people got the wrong message. Kind of like the replacements from ABBA, you know, yeah. like and it was just like Jeez. Horrible, horrible take. <laughs> Listen, we do love the voicemails, though. Keep saying that because that brings in voicemails like nobody's business. I love it. Now, this or, song or, or the or the replacements from unnecessary roughness. <laughs> <laughs> With, it took the worst impulses from that. A, a, a movie, by the way, I saw in the theater. Unnecessary also roughness. Saw it in the theater. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Same. And I was like, wow, Kathy Ireland is such a good kicker. That's crazy how good of a kicker she is. I can't believe Kathy Ireland hasn't acted more. It's that's crazy. The wrong movie. What the hell are you talking about? That was a joke, right? No, that's unnecessary roughness, right? But you said the replacements. No, I didn't. I saw. I didn't see the replacements in the theater. I'm not a loser. I saw the replacements <laughs> in the theater and necessary roughness. I saw them both in the theater. Both of them. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Rewind it. So this, I think this song brings up something that we're going to talk about a lot with Led Zeppelin, which is they were a little sketchy with music writing, giving credit for it. And it turns out that this song they took from Joan Baez and Joan Baez actually listed as a traditional song. Now it wasn't true. It was actually written by a a woman named Annie Brandon uh, earlier, but here's the Joan Baez version that they played. It's almost exactly the same. The guitar, I should say. The voice is not. The voice on this song is wild. Whoa. Whoa. What? This This is from uh, Joan Baez in concert. So what do you guys think of that? So does does that take away from Zeppelin? Because most of their songs were kind of inspired or very highly influenced by other acts. If they would have given them credit, would it have been okay? Or how does that work? It's, It's like the what everybody did back then, right? Yeah. I mean, the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. I mean, even some of the Beatles stuff from all the rock and roll and the the Southern uh, blues that, that came out of the United States, right? I mean, they were all copying each other. The, who, who are the Beatles copying on the West Coast? The the band from uh, the Valley. Um, wasn't the Yardbirds. But I mean, every, you know, everybody's taken from everybody, right? And they're kind nothing's, of just making it their own. original, right? Yeah, it, it, well, it doesn't feel like that, right? When you really start diving in, all of a sudden you get, I forget what song it is, but we start getting into this Indian mystic uh, form of music, right? That uh, George Harrison was bringing and stuff like that. And you realize that the Yardbirds were playing that before the Beatles. Yep. And then the Beatles started jumping on top. You know, there's all of these just people jumping on top. And so I, I don't mind it personally, as long as they're not like straight up stealing it. I feel like it's like uh, adjacent, if you but will. They were. You're taking it. Well, yes. So that's, so that's, so that's where Led Zeppelin gets in trouble. Right. Right. I mean, because I think once you start, even the, even the Rolling Stones should get in a little more trouble than they, than they are given credit for. But I think at the time as the Stones are a good example, because they're all stealing from, from old black bluesmen, right. Who they know have no legal recourse or aren't going to get it. And, and Robert Plant actually made a great statement. He goes, listen, it's what we did, but you don't get in trouble until you get famous. So we paid it off. Yeah. We paid who we had to pay and it's done now. Like, and he's right. Yeah. You don't get in trouble for this stuff until you get famous. And some people would even think as maybe we know, as we know, if you're getting copyright, <laughs> maybe not getting copyright strike yet is actually kind of a bummer. Like maybe we want that to happen. Yeah, to show yeah. that somebody's listening or whatever. Yeah. I don't think okay? it, it doesn't affect fair, how I fair use. It, it doesn't affect how I think about listening to the music. Like I think, yeah. and people borrow yeah. stuff. I think that's great, but it affects what I think of them in terms of, you know, business people or, you know, to the degree that ethics come into play, you know, it's like, yeah, if you were ripping off a whole song and not crediting someone like, man, it's bad. You <laughs> shook me. Number three. Now this is by a guy named Willie Dixon. They actually did give him. All right. I think he was appropriately credited on the, he, credited on this one because this is a direct 12 bar blues ripoff. And I'm not going to lie, when you look at the Amazon, which song has been played the most, this is by far the least. But what's interesting is we talked about this on the last album. Robert Plant did use that reverse echo effect on this song, which is where the echo from his voice comes in before his voice uh, toward the end where the guitar and his voice are doing it back and forth. Check this out. You'll hear the echo. Oh, cool. And I think you hear a lot of that when you listen to like Aerosmith now and stuff like that. Like it's a pretty, it sounds cool. But at that point, this I one really lost. I, this one lost me. This one didn't hold my attention. Yeah, no. You, Rob, you had mentioned that they'd, they'd taken that from uh, Willie Dixon. He was this old uh, songwriter, bass player. Uh, was it? Is it Chess Records back? Is it Chess? From is that Chicago, right? right? Yeah. 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 yeah that's Chicago who uh, Chuck Berry was on. 
Yeah, but so an interesting thing is, Not you know, chest. You us- the chest record is a record he said, I don't want to talk about that. That's different. What he put on somebody's <laughs> chest a number of times. So Shit. you were talking earlier about the Yardbirds. <laughs> Jeff Beck was part of that group, right? Rob? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. I've I read that Jeff Beck actually recorded this song like three months before before Led Zeppelin did here. And I think you got that if you want to pull it up quick. Oh, wow. You and it's so funny because Jimmy Page was like, yeah, I, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. It's like it's the exact same song. It's exactly <laughs> the same. They were in the same, same band song, together. Right? And, they kind and of this is way better. Yeah. It is better. Yeah, he kind of claimed, like, uh, Jimmy Page kind of said, you know, oh, we both just have a similar influence. I didn't know you were doing this or whatever. And I think Jeff Beck was kind of annoyed. He's like, you just did the same thing I did. <laughs> but so it's also like, well, Jeff Beck, you got it from someone else, too. So why yeah. can you yeah. be annoyed? Right. So I think when it comes to kind of being a little bit of a whiner when it comes to people stealing your music who did it better beck did it better yes so good russell it's so good i saw a couple of mile away and i love it <laughs> perfect every uh, time next up dazed and confused i've never seen this movie oh my no what <laughs> it's we such just a good movie let me here i have to bring this up because i think this is hilarious is it top dazed and confused is released in 1994 and it was set in 1976. No, don't do this. So if it was released oh, no. today, oh, no. it would be 2005. No. <laughs> That's what it would be set in 2005. Oh, How about no. that for a little fact? That's awful. That's <laughs> almost to the birth of I my children. I just looked this up like two weeks ago. I watched the movie. Horrible acting. Yeah. Awesome movie. Great There's movie. so many lines from there. Matthew oh. McConaughey. Everybody knows his lines about that's what I love about them high school. It's just hilarious if you actually watch him say that. Yeah. You know, like just the acting's horrible, but it's such a good movie. Love that movie. This one, again, they credited, Jimmy Page was credited as the sole composer. Okay. Unfortunately, there's a guy out there named Jake Holmes. (laughs) It's the same fucking song. And they asked him at the time, and he goes, I'm not going to do anything about it. I don't need it. And then in 2010, he did sue him and got an out-of-court settlement from him. So he got paid. But this is one of the more famous uh, Led Zeppelin moments where if you go to, I think it's like 315 in the song, is where Jimmy Page is using a violin bow on the guitar. Oh, sweet. And, and I have the noise right here. Right there. That's awesome, isn't it's, it? Oh, yeah. It's so cool. That's very cool. Now, this, of course, led to one of my favorite jokes ever in Spinal Tap, which is where the guitar player is playing his guitar with a violin. (laughs) Not the bow. (laughs) He's playing it with a violin. And then he goes like this, like something sounds wrong. And he goes, and he tunes the violin string and then plays it. and goes, oh, yeah, that was good. (laughs) It's such a good bit. Now, they would do that song. uh, That was their big song in concert. They would play it for 20 minutes. What do you guys think when a band extends a song and does like a 20 minute version of it? Are we down with that? Or are we? No, you, we that's think? where you're running to get a beer. You're running to the bar. No, I love it. You, you, you <laughs> I love it. I can't get enough, especially, you know, if it's because you hear these songs, right? Like you hear the album version forever, mm-hmm. right? And I hate when people like get so bored with playing their album version, even though it's like the best song ever, that they completely change everything yes. and they new, new uh, refrain and all that stuff, right? But if they want to go into a, Maybe 20 minutes is too long, right? But they want to go into like a five, 10 minute um, jam session, if you will, and then bring the song back to what you know is the song. Yep. I think that I love that. That's, That's definitely how you know that Matt 
has good seats where he can sit down at a concert because I haven't been to, I have not been to a concert forever. And I used to go to concerts at first Ave and have to stand up. And I was like, mm-hmm. the first 20 minutes I'd be like, I love this. And the, like the last yeah. hour I'd just be like, you know what? I'm, I'm yeah. 25, but I'm still tired of shit. I want to get off my feet. I, I, speaking of, I hear speaking what you're of Matt and good concert tickets. I actually um, got a text from someone a, a little while ago and they said they've been listening to all of our old podcasts. Oh, and this person in the text idea. said, you know, Matt warned you about getting cheap tickets to the Rolling Stones concert. <laughs> oh, this no. person was not aware that Matt had given me a warning oh, that no. I should not be buying cheap tickets. So thanks for nothing, Matt. <laughs> did you tell her that episode, by the way, might be our highlight and it's all downhill from there? I'll tell you where it did work. I saw Eiffel 65 in concert. And when you hear this song for 20 minutes and you're on the beach in your Speedo, I mean, this is a jam. Russell's listening to this song on loop, talking on his cell phone in this Thunderbird. Hey, Eiffel 65, this is your cousin, Russell. You know that sound you've been looking for? I found it. So that's a good bit. That's a... Speaking of of movies you could watch with the family, man, that's it. No dogs dying in that one. Uh, all right. Next up, your time is gonna come. They only performed this song once, and I can see why. It sucks. Some of these got a little slow in the middle here, didn't they? It's, it's yeah. Nobody has I ever like listened the, to Led Zeppelin and been like, "I love the organ." Oh shit! I was about to say, I like the organ intro there. <laughs> That's the only thing I like about the song is the organ. I'll edit that out later. <laughs> Rewind it. You need to switch the organ. Russ has never been on a date where somebody said, I love the organ. (laughs) You know where we love the organ was the Doors. And I heard a little bit of the Doors. I don't know which came first, the Doors album or this one, but I I heard a little bit of similarity, probably because of the organ. It is is amazing how great of an instrumentalist John Paul Jones is because he's the bass player. He's the organ player. He arranges a lot of this. And it's a bummer because he is still alive. He does not tour with Page and Plant anymore. They he hates them so much. Page and Plant don't tour together anymore, do they? Well, they have before though, and the fact that that John Paul Jones didn't, it was always such a bummer for me because I love his bass work. Oh, yeah. especially on the later stuff, yeah, Ramble Ons. You got to have you have to have at least you have to have over 50% of a band if they're going to tour again, right? Right. You consider it the band. That's us, you know, cuz Billy Corgan was going out as Smashing Pumpkins forever. Well, it was just Billy Corgan or yeah. uh, you know, What's his name from um, John Fogarty? God, not yeah, John Fogarty. There you go. But who's the other one? Chinese Democracy. We just went through Guns oh, and Roses. Axel. Axel, Axel yeah. was going out as Guns and Roses. Like, well, you're not Guns and Roses. Things like that. So no, I'm do with you. you. Do, do you need more than fifty percent or just fifty percent? Like, you Matt, more than you 50%. and I. So we would need nope. Aaron for you and I to start back to the better on our own. Correct. Yep. All right. So we can get rid of Rob. Good luck. I'm yeah, telling good you, good luck to all of us. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. I would love to. You know what? I'll show up. Let's do next week. Let's do the clash next week. I'll show up. <laughs> haven't prepared anything. I got to see what you guys bring. I think it'd be so good. Black Mountain Side. Now, Russell, this one's going to blow your mind. You hear this? Now, guess who claimed to write this? George Harrison. Probably George Harrison. Harrison. Okay. I, would, I would assume it's the guy from uh, Megadeth, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> this is Jimmy Page. Claimed full writing credit on this one. And it is a traditional song, yet if you hear the Burt Jance version called, now that was Black Mountainside, this is a totally different song. It's called Black Waterside. Listen to this. One morning fire, I took the, the guitar is exactly the same. The guitar is exactly the same, the style and everything. I mean, it's just okay. Burt Jance. It's very nice. It seems weird that they were like, 
ripping stuff off, but then like using the same song title or very close. Like I guess they just never thought they'd get in trouble, right? They just I thought mean, they were so that, fine. That's, that's kind of the thing, right? Like I mean, you think of Jimmy Page as being one of the best guitarists of all time, yeah. right? Am I am I wrong there? He's considered yeah, up there. I think so. I think so. Yeah. It, Maybe not technically, but form, you know. Feeling-wise, yes. It'd be like Stephen King ripping off like some uh, horror writer from the you know 1800s or something like that, right? Like he's considered to be one of the best horror writers. There's like I don't know, like how are these people who are considered the best? Like if you're the best, you should be able to create your own sound, right? right? Or is he just mimicking? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It seems weird to me. Agree. Mm, I but I'll tell you what. Then then you hear this song. This is a Led Zeppelin class. I mean. You finally get to hear Bonham do his thing and you hear Boy. a little bit of driving rhythm, right? This is what... I mean, this is the big single off the album. By the way, this album only got up to like... I don't know. The, the, this, this song got up to like 80th on the charts. Like nothing. Saves the album, right? It kind of saves it. That, that, that middle, the middle stretch was... A, I'm not it's saying really, it's bad, but it's, it's just drags. not as exciting as this. Yes, I would middle stretch drags. I would say it is bad. I would argue the middle section is bad. Like I don't. I mean, are you ever going to listen to Black Mountainside? Like, no. Are you ever going to listen to your time is going to come again? No, no, I'm never going to listen to this album start to finish again. No, by that way, that song "Communication Breakdown" is about a woman he met that's so hot, his knees feel weak. Has that ever happened to you? No, my yes, knees are so wedding. strong. It's crazy strong. I have some of the strongest <laughs> knees in the country. Okay, even <laughs> when so? I saw Kathy Ireland kicking field goals, my knees totally fine. Yeah, but aren't Never you one of those weak. lifters that wear the illegal like sleeves on the legs? <laughs> like you're not you're not doing it. Oh no, raw he goes style, raw. Right? He goes raw. No, I do have sleeves. I am I am raw, but I I do have sleeves as well. What does raw mean? To, I, I no suit. You don't have a special suit, but you can yeah, wear the knee sleeves. So that's how I f- I feel it better when I'm lifting raw. Like I feel it more. I just you know the other kind of lifting. I just think lifting raw just it just is it's like natural and it's like and don't worry I'll tell you like when I'm going to end lifting it's not a big deal so you can trust me trust me. <laughs> I had a vasectomy. Uh, I can't quit you, baby. <laughs> I swear to God they have like ten songs about quitting you or leaving you or. I can't quit you, baby. So I'm <laughs> the face oh, God, you, so you guys should again. see the Why three faces so I'm looking at. The three why, faces I'm why, looking at are like the, so the most bored. Ah, actually, it's it's interesting because we you mentioned that Willie Dixon earlier, Rob, and this is another Willie Dixon song. It was recorded by this guy named Otis Rush, Chicago blues musician. But it's the second time they've recorded Willie Dixon. And there's actually a lot of artists that used Willie Dixon songs on debut albums. Oh. And so I thought we could maybe do a list of the greatest songs ever written by Willie Dixon. Oh, I love it. I love that's not, that's what Russell's date was wondering too. Willie Dixon. <laughs> no. No, he's gambling. He's, he's not seeing the perfect gambling. box. I'm not drinking wine and I'm stuck here. So so this guy was really famous for writing a ton of songs for chess records in the 50s and 60s, and then they ended up getting covered a lot by the Stones, Eric Clapton, The Doors, George Thorogood, uh, Jeff Beck, oh, and he George also Thurgood. played. He also played uh, bass on with Chuck Berry on Maybelline. We, we've talked about that. Remember that song with yeah. Crush? But the mediocre twenty-eight. So I thought instead of doing the Stones version and the Eric Clapton version, though, we could do the original versions that were performed by the blues legends and give these guys oh, the shout out they deserve on this list. Oh, I'm excited. That's great. 
So the first song written by Willie Dixon, this is Muddy Waters, I Just Want to Make Love to You from 1954. God, this song is yep. so good. I mean, it's just like Muddy Waters had it. You know what I mean? <gasps> I, I will never apologize for playing that. Uh, which I'm sorry, Russell, I think I have it out of order. Which one is it? Um, I think I just want to make love to you. You got that one somewhere? Yeah, I got it here. Let's just play it. All I want to do is make love to you. <laughs> it was a hit, 1954. Oh, I just want to the Stones have a great version of this. So is Etta James. Etta James, Foghat, Stones, the Violent Femmes took part of this for one of their songs. Oh, right. I don't want you. I can't believe Willie Dixon wrote "Blister in the Sun." Please save me. Just enjoy listening to Muddy Waters. I mean, you can you can you enjoy Muddy Waters, little... Aaron? Yes, hundred percent. Well, let's do one more Muddy Waters oh, song. Yeah. The next song on the list is Muddy Waters, also written by Willie Dixon. This is Hoochie Coochie oh, Man. Yes. Ooh, there's some nice harmonica in here. So this was 1954, and this was one of the songs that really helped Willie Dixon become a huge songwriter in the blues space. Can you tell me? And I'm being totally serious. What is a hoochie coochie man? I've read a little bit about it, but I started Googling. It took me to stuff that I told me I'm not allowed to share on the podcast anymore. I mean, the blues are very dirty, so I think it's probably exactly what we think. Okay, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hit a box trifecta, and then we'll go play blackjack and I write the blues. I don't know if we heard it on that song, but there's a harmonica on that song, and it's Little Walter. Have you guys heard of Little Walter before? Yeah. No. So the next song on the list is My Babe by Little Walter. Check My this one babe. out. Oh, yes, I know she love me. She don't do nothing but kiss and So this was a traditional gospel song. It ended up making it number one on the R&B singles. And the song it passed was so Ray Charles' I Got a Woman, which was also, also a gospel-inspired song. Right. song. I got this a was woman covered a more than 20 song? times. Elvis, Bo yeah. Diddley, Chuck Berry covered this. Pretty crazy. Pretty cool oh song. Oh, my God. Huh? Russell, this Rob, is... Did, this... You not watch, did you not watch Ray? That was the whole controversy about Ray Charles, was he took church songs and made them R&B songs. I'll tell you what. I was over... I had a date, so I wanted to go to a kind of a lighthearted movie. I was over next door at Marley and Me. God, we laughed our asses <laughs> off of that movie. So funny. No topless. An, an, another great blues musician is next up on the list. This is Howlin' Wolf, oh. Wolf Spoonful. Yes. I don't know. This might be in the running. I don't want to revisit, revisit this again, but if I ever get to choose my walk-up music again, this one might be up there. This is a good Rolling one. Stone. I can see this that. is number 219 on the Rolling Stone greatest song list. And I was reading that this kind of cream made this popular in the 60s, but if you go listen to the cream version and listen to this one, I don't know. For this one, this one to me works better than Howlin the Wolf version. Rules, man. You can't beat Howlin' Wolf. This is in the running for, I don't want to call it Perfecta here or whatever, but this is in the running for a top five list for sure. Like legit. Last song on the list. We'll do this one. I ain't superstitious, but we're, we're not oh. going to do the Howlin' Wolf version. 
We're going to do the Jeff Beck version. Oh! Jeff Beck got fucked earlier. We're doing the Jeff Beck version here. <laughs> we have that one, Robert? No, no, you just sent me the Howlin' Wolf version. Let's do the Howlin' Wolf version, then. <laughs> I just, I've never been able, I never have understood how this voice comes from a human. It's just, it's like from another planet, another world. Jeff Beck crushed this song on that on his first debut album. Uh, I think it was Truth, and I think we've listened to this one a while back. But he you crushed can, it. Russell, but you know what? You can hear it right yeah. now. Well, that's Beck Hanson. Yeah, I'm pretty good. sure that's Hanson. Hanson. But I thought that was a pretty cool way to honor the musicians that performed these the original time and honor Willie Dixon, who wrote all these amazing songs. That's great. I appreciate you. That's awesome. That's the super box effecta of lists. Actually, Willie Dixon. I never, Willie Dixon said the blues are the and the the blues are the roots and other musics are the fruits. It's better keep giving it. Fuck. Let's just keep it at the first part. The blues are the roots and other musics are the fruits. That's a good one. That's a good way of putting it. Hey, just no big deal, guys. But I just remembered I'm not recording this on Zoom yet. So. Let's keep those downloads. Make sure they happen because we're screwed if that doesn't work out. All right. All right. No big deal. No big deal. Maybe just uh, make sure this works out. All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, How many list. more times do we have to not hit record, Rob? How many more times? How many more times? How many more? I like this, this walking the Oh, Rosie, oh, Rosie song. Yeah. This was a closing number in concerts for years, but... It's there's so many people they ripped off on this. Like there's like four different people. I can't even. I'm not even gonna play them for you. But what's funny about this is on the album they wrote that this song was three minutes and thirty seconds, so it would get played on the radio. The song is actually eight minutes long, so they just wrote the wrong time so people would play it. God, terrible, awful. However, if you jump ahead in that song, there's this part right here. Now remember, this is a well. Here, listen to this right here. Now, if you were to jump to the very beginning of Beck's Bolero, a song we have talked about a number of times before on this podcast, mm-hmm. guess who played on Beck's Bolero? It wasn't just Jeff Beck. It was also Jimmy Page. It was also John Paul Jones. Listen to the start of that song. Oh, yeah, there it is. Guys, this is a better version, isn't it? When it comes... To somehow being such big ripoff artists. Yes. <laughs> that they, wait, no, they rip off themselves. They, they, they ripped off the ripoff artists. They ripped off themselves. And guess whose version is better? Beck did it better. So good. So good. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the very popular and patented rating system. Oh, thank God. Now we're gonna rate this P. Oh no, PG, PG thirteen. Just like the hit movie. Rating system. Oh yeah. Nuns on the Run. If you want to check that out, Nuns on the Run, or Back to School, another PG thirteen movie that maybe Matt could check out with the family. No reason. No reason. It's on a list I have. All right. Is this album, okay, 101 best album, okay? That would be a Rolling Well-Toned Rolling Stones. You screwed up the first time you reviewed it. You nailed it this time when you said it's 101st best album. Is this a good rating for this album, okay? 
uh, that would be a rolling well toned. Okay. Now, if somebody just said to you, hey, this album could be a rolling well toned if it's perfect at 101, that would actually be a rolling bone for this because that's a ripoff. Just like a lot of this album, that is a ripoff. Rolling bone, this should have been higher than 101. We should have heard this. Maybe we should have heard this before. Four, this is the album that started Led Zeppelin. I mean, that's got to be worth something. Or is this a rolling groan? You did not um. like this album. You sh- it shouldn't have been at 101. It should have been later. I mean, guys, there's a lot of Led Zeppelin albums out there. Physical Graffiti. That one with the Zozi on it. The two, three. We've already done four. I'm not great with naming <laughs> albums. They were good. They were not great at like naming things or like coming up with their own stuff. But guess what? Still one of the greatest bands. They're not very original, huh? Is that what you're you saying? You can name not all four original? of the symbols in a row. You can name all four of the first four symbols in a row. You'll win a Superfecta box. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to go play on, then I'm going to go sports gamble and win big. Uh, <laughs> Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned or rolling grown. Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin. I love the first two songs on the album. It reminded me of the beginning of the last album. Led Zeppelin. Was it four? Which was the one that yeah, four, I put did. in my top five, four. I love that album. The first two songs in this, I was like, okay, we're right on the same similar track. Uh, this one didn't quite hold up the same for me. Some of the songs in the middle just got a little bit too slow I don't really think I completely hold it against them in my enjoyment of the album to know that they they've taken from other artists. I wish they would have done a better job of, of giving credit out when they should have. But for my enjoyment of the album, it didn't really impact that. But for me, some of the songs were just a bit too slow in the middle. So I'm going to just say it's rolling a slight. I'll just put it rolling well-toned. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone or rolling grown? I think it's rolling grown. I think it should be... Uh... Lower on the list, I think. I think it, this gets a huge pass because of what Led Zeppelin turned into. Um, I think if you kind of take a step back and realize this was a uh, Jimmy Page had an obligation to put more music out and get more concerts, and they're trying to just put things together, so they got to put things together quick. And he's finding all these old songs he likes and ripping off Beck and ripping off Yardbirds, things like that. I mean, it's kind of a compilation, and again. You don't get in trouble until it becomes popular, right? And I think he just probably never thought it would get popular. Or me, man, he never thought Led Zeppelin would become popular. You know, I mean, the whole joke about them falling falling like a Led Zeppelin, right? So I don't know. I it, I don't think the album holds up compared to a lot of the things we hear coming up. Um, I, I it's it's an okay to, to Rosie's point. I don't know if I'm going to go back and listen to it. I'd much rather listen to their later stuff when it's a little bit more a little bit more original. But so I'm just going to say it's rolling. Uh, groaned it should be lower on the list if on the list at all uh rosie what do you think and by the way lower on the list i know a lot of you're thinking lower on the list is that a lower number no that would be a higher number we would see it later and of course that would be lower much like if you're on a submarine trip uh lower is later unless of course you're coming back up so think of a submarine to an underwater base you're only going down lower is later on the trip okay which makes sense okay isn't that just how counting works? I don't see why we've had to explain this every. No, lower is later. You think bit. lower is later in counting? Rosie, that's the bit. <laughs> what a bad parent you are. Uh, I really, I, I do not care about Paige and Plant. I know they're both great in their own right. I don't care about them. Uh, the only thing I care about with Zeppelin is hearing Bonham do Bonham's thing. And there's just not enough Bonham doing Bonham stuff on this album for me. So it's a hard mm-hmm. rolling groan. I don't ever want to hear it again. That sounds like but a guy who's exist, trying on jock straps. He told me he was a big Bonham. <laughs> if it didn't exist, Aaron would be advocating for two Clash albums to be higher than two Led Zeppelin albums. <laughs> that is correct. That is it. 
That's <laughs> correct. We'll hear about that next mu- week. Hit the music round. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is a rolling plagiarism. Guys. Plagiarism? This band ripped off so many people that they even ripped off their own band name for the album name. They ripped off themselves. <laughs> it's crazy. This, this, I mean, but uh, uh, that's it. Now. You should see who sampled who with these guys. It's outrageous. It's just like never ending sampling themselves. Guys, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing another band where the album is the same as the band name. Like, that would be crazy, right? That would be the most insane. It's not going to happen two in a row. No way. Speaking of which, next, uh, or or, I mean, hmm, not speaking of which, hmm, see guys, I'm going to edit that out earlier. This is a a little trick of the trade. Next up, (laughs) we have where Sean Connery went when he went to school. Where was that? Excuse me, I've got to get to Clash. The Clash by The Clash. The Clash. The Clash. <laughs> How great is The Rock? The movie The Rock. Oh, it's oh. excellent. Scary for Rosie, though. He's out in the Bay Area. He might be getting that VX gas. No topless scene in that movie, by the way. Just look it up real quick. Don't, don't. It doesn't matter why I had that database on my phone. Hey, Aaron, I got a quick question for you. What would it sound like if the big bopper was Rob's thong salesman or Speedo salesman? What, what, would, it, what would he say when, when Rob walked out wearing his Speedo? Hey, baby, that only covers up a 60 foot, 60% of your butt cheeks. That's just the right amount in my book. Hey, baby, why don't you come on over here? Baby, you know I only had two hits. Chantilly Lace when my plane hit the ground, but I'm going to have three hits because I'm hitting on you, baby. Oh, baby. You know what I like. What I like. Rosie, knock, knock. Shit. Who's there? But it's in North Dakota. Rosie's in North Dakota. Knock, knock, Rosie. Who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes, Sean Connery. I have to get to Clash. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> 